Live from the Bills' famous cheese spread studios in the downstairs pub, the Blockout Sports Pod is back on the air. From behind the master control desk in the aforementioned downstairs pub, I am your host and moderator for this evening. My name is Travis Carter. Behind me, keeping track of our picks, uh, trying to keep us in line, helping us to produce the effort, is the incredible whiteboard Jody. (laughs) Over my right shoulder at the high top table is the big fella, the tuna, country Matt Kempf, and bellied up to the bar. He may be driving that train, but the only thing he's high on is life and a couple of high noons. The fabulous one, Freddie Bender. All right. Fellas, how are we doing, Tuna? It's Super Bowl week. You're back uh, where you always knew you were going to be. I know you're looking forward to the big game. Probably not even nervous at all. Uh, Just expecting another uh, easy, breezy blowout win. Uh, We'll get into that here in just a couple of minutes. Yeah, why even talk about it? Yeah, I... Now, I mean, you nailed it. It's just another work week, man. Time to uh, bring the suitcase and the lunch pail and, <laughs> and, 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 and go back to work and, and finish the season out with another Super Bowl. Lunch w- pail. One of those big green coffee mugs, right? Stanley, man. Yeah. But Stanley has gotten cool all of a sudden. Now every girl between age 15 and 45 is paying hundreds of dollars for Stanley Cups. And I remember when every construction worker this side of Texas had a Stanley stanley thermos sitting next to me i was just about to say <laughs> yeah. that i mean if you could go back to like 1978 mm-hmm. uh those guys could have retired just selling their just selling their thermoses no kidding <laughs> like i don't know but yeti took a back seat arctic took about all the all those those cool little cups and tumblers and coolers took a back seat stanley's back man <laughs> plug to stanley yeah uh want to remind everybody we are on social media i made that announcement last week uh we will be ramping up our social media presence here in the very near future uh give us a follow on x or twitter or whatever you call that platform these days uh find us on facebook uh we will be putting out some pictures uh we always uh update the new episodes there if it's easier for you to listen on a social media platform. Uh, and now would be a great time to start uh, following us on Facebook because here in March, uh, that's how you can keep up with our uh, blockout sports trip to Vegas for the first round of the NCAA tournament, which we are very much looking forward to. Which Freddie may or may not be climbing the sphere while we're out there. I just got my gloves and I have uh, some special vans. Uh, <laughs> he looks like uh, he looks definitely like, look like a van guy. He looks like uh, <laughs> he looks like uh, Freddie Bolitnikoff with all the stickum on his sneakers and his hands. Buddy, to... I, I already got the hat right now. I can just jump right up on there. <laughs> so Super Bowl week is upon us. Uh, the big game this Sunday, obviously Kansas City. San Francisco, uh, I know Tuna as a uh, big-time Chiefs fan, as you well know from listening to this show. Um, we have some dissenting voices down here in the downstairs pub, I know, because of the way our text thread has been going. Uh, I just kind of want to open it up first, and we're going to give Tuna the first opportunity. We'll all jump in with questions or comments, but 
Uh, Tuna, how you feel going into this game? Uh, do you think it's going to be a close game? And what are some matchups that you're looking forward to seeing uh, that you think might decide the ball game? Well, what, what do you mean by close game? Like within 10 points, within one score? I, I'll say within one score in the last six minutes of the ball game. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be like just like the last time we played them, we're going to win by 11. Uh, I, I'm not scared about the San Francisco team. I'm really not. Uh, the The more I look into it, they're just – they're like the Monstars and – there's no time. I mean, it's just they can't play together. I'm not. They're they're loaded <laughs> at each individual <laughs> position, but like I don't Monster. see them as a, as a team. Like they're, they're I'm not. Uh, this is the only one that really concerns me here is um, Debo. Them getting tricky with him. Um, obviously, we've had uh, great prop bets there. We've had some issues with with some running backs and running quarterbacks. I don't think we have to worry too much about uh, Brock Purdy getting loose on us, even though he did show his little wheels off in the Detroit game. He moved a lot quicker than I thought he could. I mean, when you're um, in a game like that and a playoff game, desperation, mm -hmm. you're going to run maybe more than you're used to doing. Yeah, I think – Holmes does it and does it great, I think. I'm yeah. taking both – I'm taking his rushing over. Okay. Actually, um, I do think there's a couple weaknesses on the San Francisco offensive line. Um, I, the Shanahan's play calling with using McCaffrey and Debo getting creative then, with them in the short passing game and the run game is probably the only way I see this one, you know, them putting points up um, consistently there. Uh, you think Ayuk's going to get – Probably locked down by. Yeah, I'm not really worried about I doing you. much. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm more worried. I'm not worried about Kittle putting big stats up. I'm more worried about his downfield he hadn't blocking. Been doing anything his much. downfield block. Well, I mean the the game against Green Bay, he had a good game, but he was non-existent non against Detroit. Well, I mean, I say that, but he was out there laying wood like all games. So I mean, he's a. We take that away from him when you don't see a, a receiving stat line, but he is probably the best blocking tight end in the league. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I I love this this Chiefs defense. You gave Spags two weeks to to prepare for this uh, this team. Um, Andy Reid having two weeks. We know his record coming off of a bye week. I, I just I feel more confident about this game than I did about Louisville against Southern Cal in the Holiday Bowl. But we see how that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> I found this interesting. Uh, I was looking through that. Pete Prisco did like a one three. I just thought it was interesting looking at all the stuff. Reading I like about Pete Prisco, and he did the one through forty six. Rated the players uh -huh. in the Super Bowl. Oh my gosh! Based on past championships, injuries, things of that nature, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, I did the top sixteen, and after that, it started getting into some players that I didn't even know, like mm. offensive line and defensive line. Da da da. But and I mean deep into it, but uh, the Niners were up, went nine seven in that. Not that it matters. Uh -huh. Not that it matters. But I thought it was interesting looking at. Well, that's what, like uh, that's what Tuna said. He thinks yeah, exactly. they have all the talent in the world. They just don't yeah. put, put it but together. I, I you th go I position his, by position. Oh, I definitely give the edge to to San I Francisco. I thought his uh, I thought his list was was 
pretty cool that he had Pacheco 16th. I was like, wow, because I think he's going to have a, have a pretty damn good game, and you know how tough he is. Give me uh, what he has going. one through five. One through five, Mahomes, McCaffrey, Trent. Hold on. I wanted to see if we could guess this. Okay. Almost. Okay. Well, that's why well, I did yeah. it. That's I, and, why and I did you, it. You kind of went with that. Like, okay. Trent Williams third is, is the one thing that I wasn't sure about. I feel, feel like Trent Williams had to be in the top five. Uh, I'm going to say four is um, Fred Warner. No. I think it's Debo. It's Kelsey. Kelsey. Really? Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. you, there's, there's certainly an argument to be made there the way he's been playing. I think the next one did surprise me, Chris Jones, fifth. Oh, yeah. I, man, it's tough. Yeah, he's – Then Fred Warner. I mean, Chris Jones is top two in all the NFL at his position. So, you kind of yeah. have to – It's interesting. I'll, I'll go down and then just – I mean, it's only 16, but uh, Bosa, Kittle, McDuffie. Then Ayuk, Debo, Creed Murphy. <laughs> Creed Humphrey. I mean, Creed Humphrey. I don't know who that yeah. is. He's a center from Oklahoma, okay. uh, Kansas City center. Center. Yeah, drafted him fifth round uh, three years ago. He's been to the Pro Bowl every year. Well, he hasn't got to go to the Pro Bowl because he plays in Super Bowls, but he's been selected <laughs> to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> well, there you go. Then oh, Purdy, God, Purdy 13th. So. Yeah. And Sneed. Uh, well, according to Pacheco. a lot of people, uh, Purdy is the tenth best player. Or what? Well, a lot of people being Cam Newton, I guess one person. Pur- <laughs> Purdy is the uh, the tenth uh, best player on that team. <laughs> Which, oh yeah. I, honestly, I could probably see that just by going down. Just because you play quarterback doesn't. I mean, that's a loaded roster. I just haven't. I think for Rice to be twenty first, he's mm. a dangerous player. Rasheed? Yeah. Yeah, the problem is is his body of work is you're looking at about like – six catches, 40 yards, but the tough way. You're looking at six to seven games where he's really came into his own. So, yeah. it's hard to put he's that just on now. that. Yeah, I agree. He's He has completely learned how to, you know, run routes better and, and you know, Mahomes use his body. Him. He looks yes. for him. Well, Mahomes is looking for anybody early on. Well, the way he runs around, yeah. Yeah, Um I think one thing is is you, you, Kadarius Tony may play. To, hey, to Where's he the last on the list? To put a, no, oh. I, good lord, I don't think the li- I don't think he made the list. Oh, but uh, to put a button on that, the what he came away with all that, he said uh, the uh, both O line ranks are not very good, mm-hmm. and he said there's going to be some offense happening in this game, and he said the cornerbacks are the chief strength. Overall, in the whole picture, he said that I think they're the top difference. position group. Yes. Yeah, and then Mahomes versus Purdy, Mahomes wins that. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive time. line, you know, he's two-time champ or MVP. <laughs> I mean, you know, other Purdy. than Trent Williams, that offensive line is not that great. For I thought San it was Francisco. interesting that he said your cornerbacks are the strength in that whole battle of all the well, nine to I seven. I think you and That's I cool. are McDuffie. probably the only two people that would have agreed with that all season right. long. McDuffie like, and yeah. who's the other one? Uh, Legereus Sneed. Yeah. Dude. Uh, which gave me a scare on Monday. He didn't show up for um, opening night uh, due to personal issues. And that uh, – 
it freaked me out a little bit. Anytime you hear a guy's not there on opening opening ceremonies and um, it's personal reasons and they're in Las Vegas, I start sweating. I <laughs> So, I heard. <laughs> uh, come to find out, it's actually good news. We don't know what the news is yet, but it's it's positive news, not negative news. So that's good. And he is with the team. And uh, we've had some early reports of San Francisco already whining and blaming <laughs> uh, the uh, practice field that they're on out at UNLV. Um, I guess the NFL came in. I don't understand this, and I don't understand astroturf. It's it's a field turf or whatever the hell we're using now. But they, they took the surface that they're going to be playing on and they put it on top of the existing field turf at UNLV, which just did this like big you know renovation to their facilities. And they've got top-notch facilities now out there at UNLV. And I don't understand why you put field turf on top of field turf. Extra cushion there. But I guess they were saying it was too soft and... Um, there was too many seams. That I would, I would. Those would be my two first guesses. That's what I would guess. But <laughs> I guess the, the NFL came out and inspected it and said, "Oh, it's fine. Y'all just need to calm down and shut up." I would think at the bottom of that turf need to be bonded to something. But yeah, I hear. Well, you. maybe it was. That's what I'm saying. I don't understand the process. I don't know how it's installed or whatever. And I don't, I don't know. So now the excuses are already built in, and the fix is, is this- in. Now is this KC talking a little trash on that or No no no. no. Oh, this is okay. <laughs> this is like real. It's like San Francisco is complaining about the field turf. I gotcha. Yeah, there's a point system and I don't know how they come up with it, but for the NFL it's supposed to be in the seventies or higher. Kansas City's field was like a eighty something and the forty ers was like a fifty something when they tested it. Well that sounds like the the NFL is Stacking the deck against the 49ers. I'm thinking I mean, that for sure. What do you yeah. think, Tuna? I, I, I think smell. those numbers are bogus. <laughs> <laughs> and the NFL came out and inspected it. And I trust Roger Goodell and the NFL executives more than anything. Like, those guys are uh, – they don't yeah. miss. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they right. don't miss. No. But they came out and inspected if, it. If it comes out of Goodell's mouth, they you can take – They hand you trophies a lot, though. That's why you like them. Well, yeah. For now, like, I mean, I, I, you know what? Draft a Mahomes, and then it's, maybe you'll get to practice on the nice field. I don't know what to tell other teams. It's the gospel according to Roger Goodell. I yeah. mean, you can – just etch that in stone like the Ten Commandments. You know what sells tickets, boys? Dynasties. Okay. Now, <laughs> have you you know you ever heard of Jimmy the Greek? Yes. Okay. Once or twice. Let me tell you something. Uh, this is for Jimmy the Greek. I like the over in this game, 47 and a half. I think it's going to be a 20... 29, 28 to 24, or 20, maybe 20, 21. Maybe there's your your nine. You said 11, I say mm-hmm. eight or nine, and I think they're both going to score over 21 points each or tw- over 25. I could see 21, 10, 24, 13, something yeah. like that. I, I, uh, I don't know if I see that going over. You have – Kansas City still does have a little bit of a shaky offense, and um, I'm like I said, I'm. Well, I like the first half under, of course. What's the first half under? Twenty three and a half. Mm, yeah, that's that's I like pretty good. That. It is. 
I it's like, a Freddie move. Take the under and then go over. Yeah, and I think we're going to see a first quarter of some conservative play calling. And um, they're kind of filling each other out. And then things are going to open up there yeah. in that second How quarter. How many times have you been on the- Except for the first drive. Each team's going to have their first drive, and those are always scripted, and then right. those go crazy. But then if, outside of that, I think we'll see a calm down. How many times you look at your Super Bowl square and you're like, three, zero, dang it. You know what I'm saying? Sit or seven, three. And and then you jump up and down. You're like, I got it, I got it. And you look at it, and the numbers are backwards. Yeah. And, dude, for real. I mean, it, it usually is a slow starter in the first quarter, at least. It goes fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Doesn't it seem that way to you all? It does, and it seems like the third quarter always starts out slow because they've been in the locker room for an hour and a half while they're they're getting the stage off the field and all that crap. And they, true, true. They, um, everybody's getting their ice dried up off their knees and, and <laughs> coming. Lynn Dawson's back there ripping cigarettes and drinking Fanta. Yep. So, I, <laughs> well, buddy, good luck to I you. I don't know how the score is really going to go in it, but yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, uh, the secondary for sure. Um, San Francisco, their defense, it's, like I said, against Detroit and even Green Bay, the middle of the field has just been wide open. Um, I feel like they have to have done something to keep that from happening. It's two weeks in a row. In NFL, we see it all the time. It's a week-to-week league. Their adjustments are going to be made, so it's not going to be there from the start. But um, Well, you know where we both we both stand. I don't know where Travis and Jody do just yet. I think I know where Travis does. But, I mean, I I personally am sticking with what I said at the beginning of the year. Uh, The 49ers, I think, haven't played their best game. Will they? Who knows? But I'm rolling the dice and going with them. And uh, I am betting unders, I mean, overs and things like that. But, uh Yep. Jody, who are Travis? Who are you two guys taking? Well, I was going to say we'll get to some of our uh, prop bets that we love later on in the show. But if you're asking for a prediction from me right now, yeah, just the game. Well, I, how do you guys think the game's even going to go? I think the game is tight going into the fourth quarter, and I think Mahomes makes enough plays down the stretch. I think Kansas City wins. I'm going to say 31-24. I think we should all do bets, small little bets on exact scores with all of our exact scores. Okay. I'm going to write. I, yeah. Jody, write our scores down, will you? Yeah. Are we Are we doing that now or towards the end? <clears throat> uh, Well, just. We'll just get our scores. Just what we think. The final's going to be. I've got Kansas City 31-24. I'm going to take Kansas City 24-13. Freddie. I'm taking the 49ers 28-21. Mmm. Juicy. I won't bet that one. still hitting the over. (laughs) Jody, uh, do you have a final in mind? I was getting there. I'm going to go 27-21 KC. All right. Nope, nope, nope. I'm changing that. I'm sorry. Uh Uh-oh. 
indecisive whiteboard. He's wearing. I was about to say, I think Have the San Francisco is for wearing his Giants jacket. Twenty-seven, seventeen, Casey. Okay. The first thing I did when it, when I came in, at least it's just, I mean, I don't know. He's not pulling for the 49ers, at least, I guess. So, he's not full San Francisco, man. Right, right. It was shocking walking in, though, I'm sure. Yeah, but, I mean, you see a pumpkin shirt, and you freak out a little bit. And you're like, <laughs> I thought I was in my safe place, but apparently I'm not. Like, you got I'll, an enemy in I'll, there. I'll call you next week and ask what I need to wear. Well, I mean, just, you can wear anything you want, just not, not San Francisco Giants clothing. That's just not – we don't do that around here. <laughs> I got the Chiefs winning the game, bud. That's like me coming down in this basement and Purdue stuff. Or Auburn. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> you can wear uh, Auburn shit down here as much as you want. You come down here in a Purdue shirt, yeah. you're kicked off the podcast. Exactly. That's, that's what, and I would expect that. <laughs> um, the other big sporting event <clears> – <throat> at least for me, that I look forward to every year. And I love it that it's always on Super Bowl Sunday. It's a great lead-in <laughs> while all the nonsense and the the pregame, the eight hours of pregame is going on, is uh, the Waste Management Open out in Phoenix. Uh, it's probably outside of the – and I think most golf fans feel this way. Outside of the majors, it's the – tournament that i look the most forward to every most year definitely just uh just because of the the sheer spectacle of the whole thing and i love watching the the crazy psychos get there at six in the morning and oh yeah sprint to the 17th you know 16th isn't it or 16th yeah yeah, yeah. the 16th hole the uh the mm-hmm. amphitheater or whatever i love the way that that's grown over the years if you guys remember Years and years ago, before they built the big amphitheater mm-hmm. or whatever they call it there, that's not what they call Enclosure it. Enclosure out there, yeah. They call it the Coliseum. Okay. Um, that started, there was a <clears throat> a uh, t- uh, margarita bar on the corner of the green there. That's how it started. There was a little margarita bar. And people started congregating there because you could get good margaritas. You build it, they'll come. And they were hanging out there, and people started getting rowdy because they were having these cheap, or relatively cheap, I guess, for a golf course, margaritas. And every year it got a little bit bigger, so they put a little bit of bleachers over here and a little bit more, but added in our bar. Then it got a little bit bigger, and they put that, that second row back there right behind the green. Then they, I figured out... Hell, we can build a giant stadium right here and have, I don't even know how, does, Jody, can you look that up? How many people that well, area holds? I, I actually want to talk about that. I watched something today. They go, we added more seats, but there's fewer seats available. Last year it was over 16,000. It's a little under 15,000 this year, but one section they did more suites and they did better, like Sweet. seat backs instead of <laughs> seat backs uh, instead of uh, bleachers everywhere. They still have some bleachers, but yeah. so they they added more. It's more impressive looking, but there's a few and less the, less than sixteen. And the fun and the pressure at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I feel green. like you could build a margarita bar at a section of any um, sporting venue, 
And people are going to congregate there. Yeah, And probably, it's going to grow. Probably. Like, I mean, we could go to Yankee Stadium and put a margarita <laughs> bar in, and, like, next thing you know, it's... Of course, a margarita at Yankee Stadium would cost $67. Well, if, but... you, if you have reasonably priced margaritas. Like, <laughs> we'll have to do it at the Masters, and then that way we know it'll be cheap like the pimento cheese sandwiches. There you go. If you're also sitting in the seats at the Waste Management Open, you must wear cover. And be ready because oh, yeah. if somebody dominates a hole, you're getting beer all over you. And that's just a If given. there's a hole in one, it's a free-for-all. <laughs> oh, free-for-all. Yeah. I mean, it looks like the assault on Da Nang with the hand grenades flying through <laughs> exactly. the air. It's just kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. I'll, I'll never forget, was it Fowler a few years ago that hit that hole in one? And that was really the first one I remember where it was just complete and total chaos like chaos dudes just ripping their clothes off and falling <laughs> over and yeah it was you know <laughs> as, as you know you always remember things like this a little bit uh more than what maybe it was but as i remember it it was people throwing babies in the air and uh, you know girls showing their boobs and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> i mean but it wasn't an exaggeration to say that there were Hundreds and hundreds of full beers being launched onto the golf oh, yeah. course. <laughs> so, and, it, and it could happen Saturday. I, I had a friend who went three years ago, and they sat where the ball would land on the 17th drive so they could see the Coliseum. And there is a line around there waiting. When people get kicked out or leave, they, they let more people in. He said that line was over 500 people all day long standing there waiting just to get in my buddy slota uh waiting and drinking <laughs> my buddy slota was there what like three or four years ago and sat i think he was in a suite and sat there and was there the whole day and said it was one of the best sporting events atmosphere wise that he's ever been to oh yeah i want to get me a hat dog yeah i mean you me can get tuna we're talking about i'm gonna get me a waste management and open hat the cool thing about that tournament too i mean because you know with the majors obviously you mostly care about who who wins the tournament or who has a great story the waste management you remember ricky fowler hit a home do i remember do i remember who won the tournament the year ricky fowler hit a hole in one no do i care no. <laughs> I just know Scheffler won it last year, but I mean other than that, yeah, Sheff's I can't won go it a back couple and, times. Yeah, I can't go back and name. Well, who do y'all like? I have a I have a few I have a few picks. Uh I can start that. Or no, give me like what do you think's going to happen? You know, not just picks, but uh what do you think uh I mean, who, I'll, who I'll you say he's playing good. Thomas Dietrich's playing out of his mind, I think, the past two okay. tournaments. Uh I think he's going in here hot and he has actually great odds on him right now. Um right. So the thing is, he starts out the first two rounds really well, and it's almost like he doesn't play well with a lead, and then it falls off there. But I like him finishing, you know, in the top ten, and who knows, maybe he gets over that hump and keeps going. But right. I look for him to have, you know, a good Thursday and Friday. JT's um, been purring along a little bit, playing JT's much, much better. JT's been playing better. really well. How um, did you like your boy uh, Dunlap finishing DFL in the, uh, in, easy, the, in, the in the last tournament and still pocketing thirty, 30 some thousand yeah. dollars? School yeah. kid. Uh, Welcome to the PGA Tour, Dunlap. Uh, yeah. Ah, roll tide, Dunlap. Uh, Get it done. I um, actually like uh, 
you talked about JT, and he's one of my picks. Uh, another guy of that ilk uh, that's been playing well that I think is poised to have a good year this year is Spieth. And right. I look for him to have a really good weekend. Uh, I also love Sam Burns. Yes, I have him circled. Uh, I love he was on him as well. I love Sam Burns, and he's playing great. I man. always ride with uh, Max Homa. Oh, Homa's the yeah, his, Homa's uh, hometown. And if there's ever a tournament that's like built for Max Homa to win, it's yep. this one. I he, agree. He's yeah, probably the most a, yeah. waste management open guy is, there is out is, there. He is. And not um, hometown, but home. Homegrown, you know and what I'm saying? Ricky Fowler actually has some really good odds in this tournament. Um, I think he can get it for. So, I don't know. Is he yeah. is he dealing with any sort of injury or anything? Him being as far down on the list as what he is. I don't think so. He's just a surprise kind of, me. He's, he's an unknown commodity. I mean, he went so long mm. with playing terrible golf and seemed to find some form uh, – Last season, we'll see if that carries over through this year or not. I just think people are a little bit hesitant mm-hmm. to jump back on the Fowler bandwagon. Because, I mean, he was like a, a top ten favorite in like the last several tournaments of, of last season. So Yeah, because he had, yeah, he'd been he had, playing he had really found, well. He had found that form. Now let's see if he mm-hmm. can hold it. I know Wyndham Clark, man, that major. Remember he had that fire in him when he won that major? He's he's a gamer, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's he, playing uh, hot right now. I don't think he can come from a 60 and come in here and win this. Right I, after honestly, I think that D- Dietrich is, is probably the hottest golfer. And, and obviously, you know, Scotty Scheffler is, is Scotty Scheffler. you got to watch out for him every time. So I mean, The, uh, the bottom line is if Scotty Scheffler – Gets hot with the putter. He's probably going to win the golf tournament, but you can say that almost every week. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, odds difference between him and the rest of the field I find fascinating. Watch out for Min Woo Lee <laughs> because Ming Woo Lee, I have him, and uh, he is he's a little he's a pretty funny little guy. I like him. He he's a trip. Let me read the list of favorites here. I think it's funny. He's got look, the look stash the that I'm going to have in Vegas, by the way, and I'm going to and I've just started my Ming Wung Lee. So Scotty Scheffler is the favorite at plus four fifty to, to for outright winner. Uh, behind him, next up, Justin Thomas at plus eleven hundred. <laughs> so I mean that shows right there. And Max Homa's coming in third at plus eighteen hundred, and he, him, and Jordan Spieth are both plus eighteen hundred. Sam Burns plus twenty two hundred. Yeah. So Ricky Fowler's plus fifty five hundred. Just, just saying. Uh, Thomas Dietrich plus seven thousand. Great odds on on a hot golfer right now. So. All right, I'll make a note of that. Yeah. Just even on top ten, I think he's plus six hundred for. Hey, top before 10. we get off this golf. Uh, I I was talking to someone that's I heard uh, through the grapevine that old cat my boy my one of my favorite golfers ever Kevin Kisner is going to be doing uh, he's already done some of the tournaments like oh he's going to be in the booth on yeah, yeah, ser- ser- he's yeah. locked in for several tournaments and so he's that'll, playing that'll be but fun yeah, yeah dude and he he's and got a good I didn't personality get to hear him but they did and said I can't remember who told me was it you Travis someone told me yeah it was, it was that Travis was me. last yeah, week dude about kid it was a couple I'm, of you on the garage bar I think or something we were talking didn't about didn't I mention it. that on the podcast you, you did you mentioned it on the podcast yeah, yeah. okay did yeah. we mention it on here well I'm pumped to hear him do some of these no, golf he's, tournaments he's he's very good up, dude. you know his personality he he doesn't 
hold back. Yeah. He, he will criticize when that's needed, but he's also funny. He brings a uh, recent... Well, I mean, obviously he still plays, so he brings a recent having played mentality unlike a Azinger or somebody right. like that who's, you know, last played 20 years Got ago. Got his dip in. He's ready. Uh, he's very, very good, and I look forward to him calling golf for a long time. And his schedule is based on length of courses. The longer the course, he's out. He's not a long right. hitter. And he, he said, he goes, 50% of the courses that they play, I don't have – I have zero right. chance to win, so. It'd be fun. Well, and I mean that. that that's a guy that knows his game and knows exactly. his limitations and you know, I mean, obviously a guy like him could still go out and finish top twenty five in all those tournaments Correct, yeah. and make a bajillion dollars. But I guess his idea is if I don't have a chance to win, I'm not gonna play a full schedule. He probably doesn't need the money. True no. true, and if you look at it, I right. mean if he's in the booth, they're paying for everything all week, he's getting a paycheck. You know he's weigh, he's weighing those options like I got to finish in the top fifteen to get paid what they're going to pay me and I don't have to worry Plus, about anything. I mean Kisner, as much as we like him, isn't one of those guys that ten years after his playing career is over is going to be getting big endorsement deals or things like or that. So it. it's yeah. it's really smart for him. It's really open. smart for him to say. This is my second career, and I'm going to get really, really good at this. And, and say, I'm going to make a lot of money for a lot of years. Say he explodes and he becomes this big personality that golf hasn't had really since, what, Faraday or, you know, somebody like that that's like, you know, football has so many personalities on commentators and, like, faces of the booth that we know we, we do with that sport. With golf, what analyst really yeah. stands out I mean, to I you? like Chambly, but a lot of people don't oh, no, like yeah, him. But no. – uh I do. I think he's mm. he he entertains me, but I like Jim Nance as Takes well. Way you too don't, serious, man. You don't. Well, like Jim I Nance. don't know if I call Jim Nance an analyst. No, that's not no, what no, I'm no, look, no, what no. I'm talking about. Right. Like, no, I get it. Well, um, I love watching whatever's on the Golf Channel during a major, and it is Shambly. But you got it. I mean, you have no other choice. I like to listen mm. to him. But I think you're talking about the that's an award-winning show. The I mean, it on on course. That's exactly what analysts I'm talking about. like a yeah. Faraday, Gary McCord, yeah. Ian Baker, yeah, Finch, those guys, Azinger. Even uh, Bones did that for a while Bones, before he got back. I, thought, I actually thought Bones was pretty good. Yeah, yeah well, no, he, he was. Being a caddy for so long, you you, I think they would all be good. I mean, they know the game so well. They know what that player's thinking. I mean, they can kind of throw that stuff out there. The thing is, is like you, you can't be vanilla. Like you get on golf, and, and all these guys are so vanilla. And a guy like Kisner can get on there and add a little personality, a little bit of twang. Um, you know what I mean? He can just add like some color to a to a I don't know, like a bland sport. To you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And there hasn't been. I mean. You mentioned Faraday, who was kind of the comedy comedy relief or yeah. whatever, but uh, and I know a lot of people didn't like him, but my favorite analyst of my lifetime is probably Johnny Miller. Yeah, well, he was very controversial. Because, Not controversial, but he told because like he it would was. just say like, "Well, that yeah. was a that was a giant choke." Yeah, <laughs> and Ken Venturi did the same thing. Yeah, and Travis, if I remember correct, on the podcast you said. 
that Isner kind of reminded you of Johnny Miller a little bit. Like he, he did just kind of said it like it was. In the he's David Duvall said it like it was, but he don't come off that good with him, right? He's uh, Kisner. You know, Johnny Miller was far enough away from the players that he was commentating on to really be no holds barred because he didn't like probably go out to dinner with those guys or hang out with them. Kiz is still an active player. So he, but, but to his credit three or four times, I mean, he called out, uh, Spieth that one time and he was, or was it Spieth? Yeah. He's called a few people out, but now yeah. I can't remember, but there was somebody that spent like 20 seconds lining up a three and a half foot mm. putt. And he basically was like, for crying out loud, it's a three-foot putt. Hit it. <laughs> yeah, see, I think having a rapport with these guys means that he can say stuff that other guys couldn't. Right, Like, true, the closer I true. am with people, the more I can talk, you know, trash right. about and them. Not, and not totally you know I mean? throw no, them under the bus. No, you don't completely bus. badge them, but yeah. you rib them, and that's what it's about. Like, yeah. you're not. They know. They yeah. know it's coming. Exactly. And, like, when, when a player chokes, he knows he chokes. You know what yes. I mean? Like, yes. it's. You don't have to baby these guys, exactly. man. Exactly. I agree. That'll be cool. So, Louisville just lost. Yeah. Dang it. We thought we were going to get a two-game winning streak here in the oh, Kenny Payne era. Too good to be true. <laughs> that was a Big East battle, Louisville and the Cuse. Man, they the used to have some fun big, big East matches. Oh, yeah. The, the last uh, – I miss that old Big East more than anything. I know. Not, not the big old, old Mo- Big East, was but the – And Big Monday. The expanded Big East. When, yeah. Yeah, that was – man. I miss the old, old Big East. Yeah. You were too young for that. I mean, that was there, but, like, the – you can go back and watch Requiem for the Big East on ESPN Plus, but like when they expanded it all and added all the Conference USA teams and and so on, it was it was just insane. It was just a crazy physical brand of basketball, and like you played each team. I don't know. I don't want to get into. But wasn't the, the la- glory days? Wasn't the last game uh, the Louisville game ever played at Freedom Hall? Wasn't that Syracuse against mm-hmm. against U of L? Yep, that was Kyle Kirk yeah. uh, going off in that game. I remember that. I remember that. Um, And that's a good segue to roll right into a little bit of college basketball. We're uh, getting into the time of year where conferences are really starting to shake out. We see who uh, the contenders and the pretenders are a little bit more almost by the day at this point. I know the other day we we picked some teams that we thought um, that we – thought had a chance to win the national championship. I don't think any of those teams that we discussed have probably done anything to take them off of that list. I will say that uh, the more I watch Purdue, the more impressed I am by the different ways that they can win, which I think is going to serve them very well. And it kills me to say, but I do think that they, um, they're built a little bit different than they have been even the last couple of years. Um, I'm putting them right now, them and UConn, as my one and one A's of who I think has the... If I was making the odds for the NCAA championship, I would put those two teams at the very top. Uh, Give me some thoughts on what you guys have seen in college basketball. 
Uh, I mean, I'm with you with with UConn. I'm not with you with Purdue. Like like I said, I mean, they have they've been good. They they have shown different ways to win. Um, they've been in nail biters. They've pulled stuff out. I think they've been bailed out on free throws a few times. But um, <clears throat> now you sound like an Indiana. Fan. Are you yeah. saying they're one dimensional tuna? With well, the big no, guy? I'm not saying they're really one dimensional. They're not. They're not one dimensional. They're not like they were last not. year. Um. But I mean, outside, what do you have? Four guys that can play on that team. Uh, I mean, outside of that, I, I'm not sure. You know, any of those guys getting foul trouble in the tournament. I just, I can't look at Purdue and expect goal? them to do anything in the tournament until they've done something. Now, and that, <coughs> that mm-hmm. I get. Yeah, but it was just a couple of years ago that they were a miracle shot away from going to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. It happened right here at the Yum Center. Now I mean, I get it. Last year was a was, I want to I don't know was was a disaster, and they've had a couple of those. But uh, I don't know. Maybe part of it is uh, because as much as I clown on Purdue, I really like Matt Painter, and I want <coughs> because Indiana is such a Midland team. They're not going anywhere this year. I would like to see Matt Painter kind of get that monkey off his back see, and I make the final four. Purdue's going to be the team that I hate on all year, and then they go on a deep run in the tournament, and they, they end up losing me a ton of money. And that's what's going to happen. I'm going to bet against them in every game. And they're they're my team for that this year. That was Washington in, in, in college football, and I got screwed. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, Purdue, and I'm going to get screwed. Well, there so. were a couple football teams you didn't like. Yeah. Florida uh, State was one of them. Yeah, still don't like him. Um, <laughs> um, but other than that, I mean, I, I'm with you on UConn. Uh, I am. I think, he, I think, I think Houston's going to be a team, and I know that they just I, – I, I know that they came off a, uh, a loss Well, then have since won. They huh? lost to Kansas. Right, I mean, I get that's going to happen. But here's the deal. Houston and their coach, I mean, I think he just got – Kicked out of the uh, the game this past. Uh, that was last night. <laughs> yeah, dude, he brings so much intensity with his team in a tournament. I think three of the games he's going to win just based on his fire and his team's physicality and the way they play. I'm not kidding. I, I mean, his uh, Kelvin Sampson is a maniac out there right now, dude. He's coaching harder than anyone and i i mean it shows uh you know what i'm saying by that i mean he literally is like to I've, watch him physically coach a game is is exhausting yes i get that i will and disagree I think they're gonna bring that i think that's gonna be a tough team right now. i think they've had a couple better teams here in the last few years they have better than this year but a lot of it has to do with parity too i think anybody look reasonably in the top 25 right. can win the tournament. Well, I'll tell you. Par- parity's higher than it's ever been. I'll tell you the team, in my opinion, that has the the best team that they've had for in a while. In my opinion, the Auburn Tigers. And, uh, I mean, I think those guys, they're a great defensive team. They're like fifth in the country in defensive efficiency. Or um, They're in assist in the top ten. They're in the top ten in field goal percentage. Auburn is a team, and their deep with their defense, the way they're playing, is a team that scares me. That I'm been putting a few little wagers on. Well, you want to talk about a coach that brings 
you're talking about Kelvin Sampson bringing intensity to a yeah to a a game or a tournament run or whatever. Bruce Pearl is right up there I with know, anybody. I know. But this, <laughs> he, uh, this, he's insane, also. I just don't like how wet he gets. I mean, he's, <laughs> it's, just, it's almost uncomfortable to look at. I know what you're saying, Jody, about Houston, but it, but and that made me think about Auburn, where I think they are maybe as good as they have been. That they can uh, maybe rain. Now, of course, Tennessee's due. They've been knocking on the door. Um, they've been knocking on the door. Kansas is always knocking on the door. Um, well, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to discount Kansas's opportunity to to make I'll a deep runner to win the national championship. Tell you another, a team that's good, to, uh, tuna that's play, that's real high in defensive efficiency up there in all the categories. Iowa State. Oh, they're a fun, fun team to watch, especially at home. That's uh, it's not a place you want to go to. Ames, Iowa is those fans, <laughs> the, the students is uh, yeah. That's uh, I'm with you, man. I mean, they're seventeen and five mm-hmm. or something like that in a in sixteen a, and five right now. Yeah, in a yeah. in a tough conference, and uh, yeah, I'd put their home court advantage up there with just about anybody. That's uh, who, they're that? actually seventeen and five after. Give they, me the coach okay. there, Texas. Travis. I'm having a. Uh, Brain <laughs> smacker. Uh, <laughs> well, dude, put it this way: name? you've uh, got you've got Iowa State on scoring margin plus nineteen. Uh, BYU's playing great. Otzelberger, PJ Otzelberger is the Otzelberger. Yeah. Now that's a good trivia question. He's <laughs> Iowa State's coach, Otzelberger. <laughs> That that's hilarious. and I mean, Iowa State. It's it's not like they're a team that, you know, has never been successful. I mean, Iowa State has a storied basketball tradition. And remember that, Royce White? He was scared oh, to get on yeah, airplanes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Grayer back in the day. Um, the Iowa mayor State's, Freddie Hoiberg. Yes, of Freddie Hoiberg, the mayor. Where's Freddie Hoiberg uh, at right now? Nebraska. Oh, is he head coach in Nebraska? Mm-hmm. Huh? Well, hell, come on over to Louisville, buddy. I'd, I'd be okay with that hire. How's he doing with Nebraska? Not good? Midland. Mm. What's well, Nebraska? Good old Iowa State. That, that, oh, no, they've always brought it. They've always mm. brought uh, the state of Iowa. They've always had good basketball teams. They just can't score in football. Um, but, uh, we know Creighton, we've talked about Creighton. I don't know. I mean, Jody, you got anything on, uh, college ball? I said a few weeks ago, watch out for Utah state. Do I think they can win it all? No, but, uh, they're playing well. Here's a sneaky one in the Southeastern conference is South Carolina. I don't think that's sneaky really, but well, they, they've moved. It was they, like two they, weeks ago. Yeah. They moved 11 spots in two weeks. Yeah. They're they uh, who, who? South, South Carolina. Carolina. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a really good, good basketball. That, team. That's a good basketball team, but no, nobody You'll be talks hearing about, about them from me later on in the show. They, uh, they had a great game with, uh, Ole Miss last night. Yes, they, they did. Oh, yes, yeah. they did. Yeah. And, and won. Ole Miss was undefeated there for a while. Right. And lost two out of the last three, I think. Well, they're opening schedule was, was yes like the worst that it could be yeah so they were playing like st x high school and whatnot but um tennessee scares me i, I i'm in agreement with you all uconn and purdue are up there right now but that can all change in a week 
the the biggest surprise that I've seen, I've watched Kansas many times this year. They play five-minute stretches. They play like they can't be beat for five minutes, and then they cannot literally dribble the basketball for the next five minutes. I don't understand that team. But North Carolina is getting scary. That defense, yeah. I didn't see them turning around. It's hard to believe around. that Kentucky beat them. Oh. No, what about Clemson going in there and well, giving Clemson them the what four last night? Just beat them. They beat them in last Chapel night. Hill. Yeah. Minus that, yes. Mm. But their their defense. <laughs> they, well, minus North, that. North Carolina, I think, lost back to back UK and Kansas, well, right? But, been, they, but then they, they went on a tear and they were killing people. So, but then they've lost Duke and Clemson back to back. So no, they beat Duke, didn't they? They beat Duke. They won or, against uh, Duke. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the game was at Carolina. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The game was at Carolina. That's right. I mean, a, a team that I'm seeing in all these categories, some of these betting categories I'm looking at: defensive efficiency, offensive efficiency, scoring margin. Uh, I like uh, to see who leads the country in assists. I think that is a good way of showing a team, especially if they're a uh, a top 25 team that they know how to pass to each other and score points um, is Arizona. They are up here all over in everything. What are they aver- third in assists? What do they average per game in assists? 19. That's high. And Kansas averages 20. BYU is 19. Purdue, Colorado State, Auburn, Kentucky, Yukon, Tennessee. Um, but, no, I, I mean, I think this is one of them years when it's wide open. I it, mean, even UConn, yes, UConn is going to you, toughen you, but I I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if they can can do something and, and stay tough-minded like they are. More, more so than ever. For a second run. Yeah, I think Selection Sunday, when you're watching, you know, Purdue's your draw. Purdue's hungry now. Purdue's hungry. When you're watching your draw, I think every team in the nation is looking at one, one bracket that they don't want to be in, and that's with UConn. I feel like that's yeah. the one team that you want to avoid. Everyone else, I feel like, is wide open. They're, right. they're the most consistent. Mm-hmm. I mean, that bottom yeah. line, offensively, defensively, every game, they are the most consistent team in basketball. And that's why they're number one right now. Let's also not forget that there's a team lingering down. I don't know what their ranking is. They're in the probably around 20th or between 15th and 20th. That's 18 and four mm-hmm. coming off of a championship or a you know a Final Four appearance last year. And that's Florida I, Atlantic. I use next yeah. head basketball coach. That's Florida, Florida Atlantic. Florida and I mean – they're up here in defensive numbers. You think anybody in the tournament wants to see them? No. With all with those tournament tested studs coming back and one of the best coaches in in college. I still basketball. got my uh, t shirt from uh, Florida. I do too. Hell yeah! I want I, Florida Atlantic t shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Travis and I had them on hey. with cocktails down there on the balcony. I'll get me a Florida Atlantic Howard Schnellenberger shirt. He started that football program. <laughs> yes, I'll yes, rock he did. that. Wait, well, hey, we'll go to Vegas and, and get, be Florida Atlantic hey, Travis, all weekend. Before before that game tipped off, who won the Florida Derby? Mage. Mage. Oh, yep. That's right. The, That's the right. eventual Kentucky Derby champ. That's what, right. What is Florida Atlantic's mascot? Is it an owl? owl. Yeah. Okay. Owl. Yep. Uh, I can see it. us wearing owls in Vegas. Yeah. I still have my cool Florida Atlantic shirt. In case anyone doesn't know, Tuna and I are growing mustaches. Mustaches. 
for Vegas. We're, we got to do something. You know? Mine's grown. I just got to shave the rest right, of it off. Right, but I'm, I'm just now starting mine. Mm. I don't see Travis doing that. Travis, we were going to ask you if you were would. Uh, I was like, I bet he would do it. it. It can be a Fu Manchu. It could be any form of mustache. You can't see mine. Um, Growing yeah, up, we'll get you, you a fake one. Gotta do it. I'm gonna <laughs> say <laughs> glue. Anyways, this is, this is for good luck. I'll wake up the oh, next no, morning, and be sideways tables. on my face. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say we're going to Smokey and the Bandit. I'm gonna say absolutely not. This <laughs> <laughs> is my initial thought. <laughs> Tra- mean, Travis is the one behind the camera, I guess. <laughs> I'm I'm always afraid that if I shave my beard off, it, it's it's not gonna grow back. All right. I just want to be called the bandit one That's night. That's an odd fear. <laughs> <laughs> I have this, I've, you know, I have a nightmare. Those of you that don't know me, I have long hair and a beard. And I have this nightmare of uh, getting all my hair cut off or getting like a respectable haircut like a and, and shaving my beard. <laughs> and my hair quits growing and so does my beard. I think your beard always grows, though. It's not like the hair on your head. It will always come back. I'm pretty sure that's science. Well, that's the excuse I'm going to use as to why I'm not having going to have a mustache. Oh, we need mustaches. <laughs> well, that'll work. I mean, you know, just you'll know where to find. You'll see Tuna and I from across the craps table. I can't wait. You know, to, I, I mean, I've seen Fred. With, I've seen Fred with the mustache. I can't wait to see Tuna with one. Yeah, I've had the the handlebar. Yeah, once I twice can't wait to see that. I've had a Fu Manchu before, so we'll see what happens. Oh, in honor of of uh, the San Francisco Giants, how about uh, how about the uh, the Goose Gossage? Didn't he play for the Giants? Yeah, we're thinking uh, more like Raleigh Fingers or Andy Reid. Those are the two I'm going with. Okay, you got yeah. so, you got honor of those two. How are you going to freeze that thing before you go to the casino? Uh, I'll carry around a little air conditioning thing <laughs> to put on my face over and over. Travis, now we missed Raleigh cool Fingers. We Mr. Mr. Kudos the hall the 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 Hall of Famers. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. We um, we had what three guys get in that uh, that were big? Uh, Todd Helton, uh, Joe Mauer, Tennessee boy, wasn't he? And Adrian Beltre. Yeah. Um, I mean, I want to get your take. Just a quick mm. little thing, because dude, I love the Hall of Fame. I mean, I love every Hall of Fame. Uh, when, I think when Fred McGriff got in last. Uh, time I thought it was yeah. great. We talked about it in depth a little bit because it was awesome. We had friends that were there. What do you think about these guys? I uh, like getting your take. I'll on say it. this: I, I love the Hall of Fames. I hate the whole voting process for Hall of Fames. That's it drives me absolutely nuts. Um, but I do think, um, all, but all three of these guys deserve to be there. I can go through that list and find you know. 20 right. guys that deserve, I feel like, deserve to be in there. Right. Um, and I hate to take away from the three guys that got in by talking about the guys that didn't get I it. get uh, it. I get but it. But I think the three guys that got in were, were all three very deserving. Right, uh, right. They were, you know, Adrian Beltre, one of the best oh, third basemen to, to ever play. Yeah. And, you know, great, great bat. Uh, Todd Helton, you can't say enough about Todd Helton. I mean. Playoffs. Um, yeah. Joe Maurer, I guess, is probably the only one that you could raise question marks about. Was he kind of like Steve Garvey? In a, was he Mr. Clean? Maybe in a way. I like, think he was yeah, kind I of mean, a Mr. Clean kind. You never, 
He just Joe Meyer. But he just did. But he was he, a also a great postseason player. We'll call him a Stanley Cup guy. Okay. He would uh he, not, yeah. not not the hockey trophy, the the thermos, the Stanley yeah. Thermos lunch <laughs> Stanley pail guy. Thermos. Did you also he would, know he would he, show up to work every day and, and, and he's just the, do his job. He's the lunch only pail. catcher in the history of Major League Baseball in the American League to win a batting title. I, I heard, wow, okay. That's that's I heard pretty that, good. I heard wow. that the other so, day. I didn't, know, cool. I didn't know that. That's really cool. So. Yeah. Well, don't you think that factors into those guys that are on the edge and they're like, you know, what? what is it, 75%? Is that what they have to have? Mm, so 75. they're at 73%, you know, five or six years in a row. But you look back and they did this for the community and the community loved them and the, if their teammates yeah. loved them. And, well, Billy Wagner needs to find – Ten more people to love up on, and yeah, he was like what seventy three point four percent or something like that. Seventy three point eight. Okay. He had he had two hundred eighty four votes. Closer. Yeah, he had two hundred eighty four votes, and Maurer had two ninety three. That's how close he was. And to how, getting how close did Sheffield get? Uh, Sheffield was at sixty three point nine. Okay. 246 I total boys. Chef, well, this was this was his last year. On the, that's what that's this was his one last thing year on the ballot. He's never going to get his, in. This was his last year. Yeah. Damn. He's always been like the past three years. I guess he was right at that like 50 to to 60 ish range, and I didn't think that he'd get 75 this year. And it's. Well, I, Kenny, Kenny Lofton's sitting at the dinner table, and he can join him. I yeah. apologize if you just said this because I was looking at. Mm. stats and stuff but what what did gary sheffield do between <laughs> last year and this year that a bunch of people that never voted for him before decided to vote for him this that's, year that's like, what i was talking it about makes with no sense the process right? is terrible he got votes because people were like this is his last year it's almost like when you say somebody's a first ballot hall of famer like that's tough to do because you can have a great career. You get on that ballot, they're right. not going to vote you just because it's your first year. Right. There are, and there then are, between that second and like fourth year, or whatever, you kind of get lost in the shuffle. Right. And I don't know. The whole process is, is terrible. I agree with you a thousand percent. There, there are literal guys, and I, I think it was more the old guard that has gone away a little bit, but there were literal guys. That it didn't matter who you were, they would not vote for you on the first ballot. Yep, they just wouldn't do I it. I know. I, I mean, it, it's in, it's insane to me. Well, who's the high? Oh, Jeter, the highest, correct? Griffey second behind him. Yeah, I believe so. Ninety eight percent. So yeah, there was somebody that didn't vote for mm -hmm. Jeter or Griffey. Yeah, and you should lose your right to vote you know you should lose your vote but if just for doing that because you can clearly say that Derek Jeter was 100% a hall of famer and just because it was his first ballot does not mean you know you I don't know it's bad I, I agree agree I've seen guys drop where they come in right away and they'll get like 50% in their first year and then their second year, they drop down to like 35% because well, they get lost in that shuffle. It comes from that Baseball Writers Association. Yes. Those are the guys that vote, and they get one bad interview with them or mm -hmm. have one bad interaction with them over the years, and they get butt hurt and hold, mm -hmm. hold a grudge for but the rest of their life. I long. even think more than that, and that does have something to do with it, but I even think more than that, it's it was this mentality that was passed down from sports writer generation to generation that – this is a sacred institution, and, and I get that, a sacred institution or whatever. And 
we will not vote for guys on the first ballot or the second ballot. This year, Gary Sheffield went up almost 10%. Um, Billy Wagner went up 6%. Todd Helton went up 8% to make it. Now, what was it for those 8% of guys that the, the year before this said, I'm not voting for him, and then this, was it just because... Of I mean, who was on it, 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 it makes no sense. Do you have I, to mail these guys fruit baskets every year? Maybe Be like, hey, remember something. me? Like, take their you know families out to dinner and send them gifts. I don't know. Like, it's like Heisman voters, you gotta send them all that stuff so they remember who you are. Like, and I so mean, he so Sheffield is off the ballot. Billy Wagner needs like five more votes. Get it, <laughs> so Billy. He needs to be politicking, Good luck, Billy. whatever he needs to do. Uh, the next, the next guy in line, uh, at 61.6% this year, up three and a half (laughs) percent was Andrew Jones. Now, Carlos Beltran was up almost 11%. That's one of your guys. He was up and now he's getting lost. That, that happens more than not. Yeah. Um, and then, then you get drop way down to like a rod, uh, Manny Ramirez and those guys. Mark McGuire. But <laughs> what a, what about adding Sosa. What about adding living Hall of Famers into that discussion and let them have a vote? Well, I think that you run into a, a problem with that with I don't think a lot of uh Hall of Fame baseball players that are still alive actually watched that much baseball to vote. I would agree with that. Um and then they're they're probably gonna just vote with guys that they know with yeah, um yeah. it's gonna be like a, a good old boy system. And which like I'm, the SEC. I like the idea <laughs> on its face, Jody, mm. but I think what Tuna just said is probably right. Well I was just throwing it out there for a conversation piece. It it's like the the Heisman former mm-hmm. Heisman winners get a vote, right? Uh yeah. and so they do watch football. Hell, the baseball writers and the four of us get a vote. What do you think about that? I think we should just let Bob Costas pick. Just let it just be like Bob Costas says you're in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Yeah. You you got to pass the Costas test. Yeah, good. Good. Him and Peter Gammons. I'll take Jim Nance's pick any day. (laughs) Oh, man. I used to to love Peter Gammons. Yeah, he was the best. Baseball tonight with him and Harold Harold Reynolds. Couldn't get that name out. That That was was, – it was one of the best shows ever that ESPN had. And then when baseball tonight went away, I knew ESPN was going downhill. So I, Carl Roberts rabbit spends part of his time doing in. basketball. Now yeah, we got some baseball. Well, in there, tuna. Pitchers and catchers are reporting here real soon. Was that next week? You want to say, isn't it? You it is, say hello, this week. You want to say hello to your friend that just came back. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Los Angeles. Clayton Kershaw. There you go. Seventeenth oh, season with the big blue machine. If our if, if our uh, listeners don't could... you blaspheme, <laughs> don't you blaspheme down here, Travis with that big hey. blue machine hey, garbage. If our listeners could have seen Tuna walk in because he legitimately had his blue uh, B hat on and rolled in and saw uh, Jody Whiteboard in the Giants uh, <laughs> spring training gear, like uh, San Francisco Giants. Like I thought they were gonna. <laughs> Have a uh, a little Ron Say versus uh, 
for those of you listening, I was at a Giants game years ago. It was hot Bruce and about the battle. If you've been in San Francisco, it was hot and about the sixth inning. I'm in shorts and a t-shirt. And you bought a sweatshirt. It went down to like low forties within like an hour and a half. It was we were freezing. Well, I understand so I that it keeps you warm, but you knew Tuna was coming. I think you were man. Ready if to you t- think I think about dig. that, you're wrong, Freddie. Oh my lord! Wow. It's well, all right. I'll we got go. baseball in, and I love I, I, that we got to do that. I have something that Kershaw said a few years back. Of course, Will Smith is a number one catcher for the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, played at UofL, went to KCD. Will Smith, he got called up. What did he play, like 40 games that first year maybe? Yeah, it was less than 50. And then the next year he played like 120. Mm-hmm. Did you say somebody went to KCD? Yeah, Will Smith. Will Smith. What the hell with him. His mom was a teacher out there. He, he <laughs> yeah. was poor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for those of you that don't know, KCD is one of our arch rivals at my uh, beloved yes, collegiate. Coach Carter. Uh, but in the a, elites of the city go. In there. an interview with Kershaw, he I think that correct. first two years, Kershaw said, that kid will never catch for me. And he didn't. Nope. Oh, wow. And now they he's the only guy that will catch for him. They mm-hmm. they That's have this bond cool. now. That, that started, I mean, what, three years ago? Yeah, probably? Kershaw, it took a lot. He didn't like the way that he called the, the games, which he was young, getting used to it. And, and Kershaw is like a – he's a perfectionist, like most yeah. guys that are like at the top of their, you know, sport. And then he heard that the, the guy the guy went to <laughs> went freaking to KCD. KCD. That's why he he's like, the hell with him. Oh, yeah, that's why. <laughs> but uh, credit to uh, Will Smith, he – he just signed can, a he just signed a big con his first contract. You imagine how intimidating it is when you come up and you get behind the plate and Kershaw, who is the big big guy, the big cheese on that team, says, "I'm never pitching to that guy." Yeah, like how awful would that be? Yep. He put his head down, went to work, and he just slowly like, gained pal. the trust of a lot of these guys. Would you put that? In the and title? then Kershaw had to pitch. And, and I did follow Lunch that pal. because of the local interest and all that. Uh, Dave Roberts just swears that he's going to be a manager one day. Well, Will Smith is the baseball. only Gold Glove catcher, I believe, in uh, UofL baseball history that they have in co- for college baseball. What? Uh, he won a Gold Glove in college baseball for UofL. I think he's the only one they have. University of Louisville. Oh, yeah, probably so right now. There, I, I thought you were saying he was the only catcher. I was like, we've got a lot of catchers that are coming up in that. Like Henry Davis for the Pirates is uh, – He's locked in to have a big year, I think. And he just signed, I think he just signed a good contract with the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last year he's making seven hundred and something, and I don't know what it is, but it it increased. Well, quite I mean, a bit. it's it's good that he could pull himself up by the bootstraps, come <laughs> out of a place like KCD, and make and and make good for himself. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> We're all rooting for you, Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Chill, Will. Hey, uh. I know uh, we've got the Super Bowl and the waste management coming up uh, this weekend, but uh, here real soon we do have the NBA All-Star Game, oh. which is taking place in Indianapolis, Indiana, yes. which I am super excited about. I was actually at not the All-Star Game, but I was at some of the festivities the last time it was in Indianapolis in the 80s. Uh, it was super cool. Uh, it should be a ton of fun. I know Fred wants to uh, talk a little bit about. Oh no, I just no. I, well, I wanted to get in there. I wanted to tell Tuna 
This is what I wanted to do. Was go, well, Travis and I have an all-star entry. Uh, and I was going to ask you if you had one, a representative an in an all-star game. Entry? Yeah. You got a, is there a, from is there a player from your from your the Grizzlies? Team? Yeah. Desmond Bain? No, he didn't make Damn it. Damn it. Then no. <laughs> <laughs> but I did I'm see just, that Xavier Tillman – Got traded yeah, today. We're giving you to the an Celtics. All, we're gonna all star. We're gonna NBA get uh, get you a little bit because you were on the Grizzlies. I still and you am. lost your guy. I've been watching the Grizzlies. I know, but I was just you know it's fun to have a representative. I obviously have Halliburton. I'm a Pacer guy now. Oh wait a minute. <laughs> he, he has <laughs> Freddie has Stop. Halliburton now. Stop. <laughs> No, uh, no, we don't. But, uh, we don't. Wasn't that Dick Cheney's company that he owned. Oh, it, that's gosh. that's actually that is right. That is I know very it worked true. for him. But I do think that uh, that the All Star Game is always fun. I'm not not the I, just the festivities that lead up to it. The uh, the I think the Friday rookie game is always great. Yeah, uh, Oscar uh, Shebway from Shebway UK is it. playing in it. Uh, and the Rising Stars game. Yeah, the year. Rising Stars game. That'll be coming up. Um, the three-point shootout three is always point cool. Three-point shootout. Lillard, Brunson, uh, Spida, uh, Maxie's in it. Uh, Markinen, um Halliburton's in mm-hmm. it. Uh, and guess what? On the dunk contest, Jalen Brown's going to jump in from the Celts. And Mac McLung is back. What, do they just Tuna's bring this poor guy kid? Is back. They just bring this kid up for the dunk contest. Does he even play in the NBA, <laughs> dude? They used to he do is that. Back. There was uh, and Matt McLung. Oh, I just it kills me. I can't remember what his name was, but several years ago, there was a player for the Pacers. That was the last guy, basically the last guy on the bench. That came that they brought in just for the dunk and he damn near won the thing maybe he did win it i don't know because right. the dunk contest to me and i think to a lot of people uh is you know if you go back to the last time it was in oh, it is. Yeah, indianapolis good. you had michael jordan and right. dominique wilkins and spud webb and guys like yeah. that and now and they were doing what back then were it you know, it was shocking to see that stuff. Now everything's been done. They it bring has. Out props. McLung did great though. I thought uh, to bring it to, when you're a short something. white guy, you can make a lot of stuff look spectacular. Cool. Yeah, I, mean, that's I, I think just... the best time before McLung was when the Aaron Gordon got into a battle with was it Zach Levine? I mean, yeah. it was yeah. freaking believable. Uh, but I don't really care about the dunk but contest anymore. But anyways, the anymore. three point is, is what this, I really was talking about. Is this stuff Friday the, night or Saturday night? The three point competition and uh, dunk contest is Saturday night. Friday night is, is the the rising uh, the stars rising stars the game skills. at like seven thirty. Yeah. So the actual great. game is on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Hold on. No, 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 no. no. Hold on. Hold weekend. on. Hold on. This is the thing. It's not this weekend. It's next yeah. weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
yeah, they're yeah, talking yeah. about it a week early. Right. Okay, that's what right. I just said. Was okay, that, I'm sorry, I was spaced. Was out. that? No, no, no. Well, what we were getting at was was who we we wanted to talk about the snubs. Oh, okay. Of getting in there, and I thought Spider should have gotten in. I thought that uh, Donovan Mitchell uh, with I his blame team, the with his the team baseball writers season. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> it's Bob Costas's fault. I will say this. I'm not a big NBA guy. I will say this. I disagree with you on the dunk contest. For about 10 years, it was terrible. The right. last the last two years has actually been pretty good. They actually came up with something new, right. Right. and they changed a few things. How about De'Aaron Fox? Right, De'Aaron Fox. He was a snub. He got snubbed. He um, comes off the bench. I thought Sabonis, who had 14 triple doubles... Was a snub, uh, and and they have their team playing very well. Anyways, I just wanted to hit on uh, the All Star picks, the snubs, um, and we'll we'll get into the All Star game when there's nothing else going on. Right here, uh, Jesus, Fred, that right. I don't know what you're doing. I don't either. You have he's, to poop? He's, he's, no, I will, no. I will say Adam Silver, I think next year they're going to go to 15 players on a bench instead of 12 on each. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, for those of you, I, I wish we had a camera down here because Freddie was signaling us like he was bringing a 747 in over at Ali Airport. <laughs> And we didn't really understand what was going on. He was trying to tell us he needed a bathroom break. So that was what the uh, little pause was there. Freddie is now feeling much better. I can tell he's much more relaxed. Um, And with that being said, it is time now to talk about our picks and our best bets for the weekend. You can go anywhere you want to with this. There's no number... uh, we're not going to make a number. No, I don't want you to pick 10 things. But if you have a couple of picks, a couple of props for the Super Bowl, maybe a basketball game here or there, would love to hear it. And also, anything else uh, that you might have to say, we're going to do a combo, our picks, and around the room. And we're going to start with Tuna. All right. Uh, one that I would... I looked at early on in the week, and I, I shied away from it due to due to recent news, but it seemed too good to be true. Um, Jarek McKinnon, don't fall into the trap. Um, a lot of people are betting his anytime touchdown. Stay away from it. Um, he was the guy that fell down at the end of the game before – or at the end of uh, last Super Bowl against the Eagles to eat time off the clock to save the game. Um so a lot of people are saying, hey, Andy Reid owes this guy a Super Bowl touchdown. He just got activated off the IR. I don't think he even plays in this game. Um, mm. So don't fall into that trap. I am going – I talked about the middle of the field being open. Uh, I'm going to stick to um, uh, Travis Kelsey. Um, obviously, anytime touchdown um, – Obviously, uh, over his receiving yards, um, I would almost do alternate receiving yards at over 70 on this one. Um, and I am going with a Noah Gray anytime touchdown. I really like that. And then, obviously, I'm going to take the Chiefs with the two and a half. 
and I also like the under in this game. Um, also, tails never fails, so go with uh, tails on the coin toss. I love that. I've I I just started doing the uh, coin toss two years ago. Mm-hmm. So far, I'm zero for two. So uh, the average has to be with me this year, right? Yes. So you're yeah. telling me go tails, go tails. I'm going tails. And uh, one more thing I before like I pass t- I like it around tails as well, Tuna. Is uh, it was brought up to my attention that we're going to have a new Olympics uh, starting soon. Um, the guy that started PayPal, um, him and a couple other really rich guys, uh, they're, I guess, private equity guys, which I don't even know what private equity is, but it sounds like something rich people do. But they're, they're starting their own Olympics. Uh, it's going to have every country that can qualify involved. Um, there will be no rules or regulations when it comes to doping. So this will be the enhanced um, Olympics, and um, steroids are a full go. So I am looking forward to this. We are going to see world records get shattered at a record pace. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I cannot wait for that. Uh, Freddie. Uh, well, I'm going on a uh, – I'm going to go – with my first, I'm going to give you my picks here first, and then I'll get into uh, what happened uh, just a horse for this week, or this past week. Um, let's go in. I'm going to do the halftime under 23 and a half. The first half under. And I'm doing a bet that that's really shocking me. Uh, I've already bet it, but uh, I didn't know how good it was. But a Debo Samuel anytime touchdown is plus 142. And that's uh, $22. On a $50 bet, you get $72. Uh, that's $22. Nice, nice. <laughs> On a bet that will probably happen... And you're getting 22 extra. Uh, plus 142 is a great bet. Um, and then I'm going to go with the uh, 49ers Chiefs over 49 and a half. I mean, 47 and a half. Okay. 47 and a half. And uh, let me jump in here real quick, Travis, and just say yeah, please. Uh, all the preps that went on this w- past week, four of them, uh, a lot of upsets, some horses jumped in there, um, uh, Hades and uh, Nysos, uh, who's not going to get any money, Uncle Heavy, who Tuna loved, because, you know, he. some people call him Uncle Heavy, uh, <laughs> but Mystic Dan wins the Southwest. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. He's my brother. Uh, Mystic Dan, that's the name you need to remember. He uh, had a uh, a 101. I was reading about that horse. Yeah, a 101 buyer number in that race. 110 speed number. Mystic Dan in the slop. And uh, uh, that's a horse to re- start listening to. He'll be in the Arkansas Derby next. Uh, which is a long way away, but uh, that's the horse you need to remember that uh, did really well in all these preps, probably the top of the 
top of the board for last Saturday. Uh, we got a race coming up um, Saturday, but uh, I'm going to wait till we handicap the, like a couple good ones coming up, the Rebel and some of them. So All right. uh, we'll, we'll be talking about that next week. Sounds good. Uh, Jody, uh, give me uh, some picks and some final thoughts from you. I got KC plus two to win the game. Uh, TDs over three and a half total. That's between both teams total for the game. I got over on that. And I got McCaffrey in any time touchdown. Going back to golf, throw a little money on JT. Uh, but throw a little money on Thigala. He's plus 3,500. Um, just throw 10, 15, 20 bucks on him. I like the guy. I think this is an event. This is the kind of event he can win, too. Uh, final thoughts, uh, not do anything with sports. Uh, we lost Toby Keith on Monday. Mm, good, and, uh, good call. That was the uh, first concert my son and I ever got to go together. And we actually went to three of his concerts. So, oh, um, man, yeah. God rest his soul. Uh, friend of the show, we also uh, we lost her mother this week. So, Oh, yes, yes. Think about Nat- her. Natalie, we're thinking yep. about you for sure, yes. And uh, go Sooners. <laughs> For old uh for him but yes thanks uh thanks for everyone travis to you buddy all right uh my picks are i'm gonna take kansas city versus the spread i'm gonna take purdue against indiana i don't care what the spread is i'm gonna take south carolina versus vandy i don't care what the spread is <laughs> What's the spread? I don't care. And then uh, fifty-two. And then, as we said before, uh, I'm going to take Sam. I'm going to put Sam Burns, Spieth, and Jordan Thomas all to finish in the top ten of the waste management. Love them. Love those bets. Uh, now, Colin, I forgot to have. Uh, I've got to really quickly. Colin has uh, the Chiefs plus two. Oh, Smart guy, Colin. He, took he is taking Steve Alford's Nevada team, who I foolishly bet against last night. Uh, wow. He is taking them uh, against San Diego State. He said whatever the spread is. And then he is taking... <laughs> Florida Atlantic minus five against UAB. I like that pick. Is it official that the Hoosiers have adopted the Owls? Has Hoosier Nation adopted the Owls? No. Oh, okay. But I have. Well, but, I know you have, but Colin did too, and I well, was just curious if this no, was a trend. It's more Nevada than the oh, Owls. Because Alford's a head coach yeah, of Nevada. But he's – been Rick, other places. Rick, Ricky I P. Think, Jr. I think beat Dusty the piss May out of is gonna like his projection is IU. Like it's gonna happen. It's just a matter of when. So uh, one would think that 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 is probably if, if you were laying odds on the mm-hmm. next Indiana coach, he's gonna be right up yeah. there because I know that a lot of teams tried to get him uh, to to leave FAU and threw a bunch of money at him. But I can't imagine a kid from where he came from mm-hmm. have the opportunity to coach at Indiana with the with the kind of success that he's had and the kind of money that Indiana can throw at him 
that he wouldn't come. But that's a conversation for another day. We are very much looking forward to the Super Bowl this weekend. I hope that everybody hits all their uh, hits all their side bets. I hope you all bet tails on the coin flip. I hope that Freddie doesn't interrupt the closing part of this show. You got anything, Fred? <laughs> I'm going to say for the great one, Whiteboard Jody, <laughs> the big fella, the tuna, Country Matt Kemp, and the fabulous one, Freddie Benders, and his light. This is Travis Carter saying so long, everybody. Uh-huh.